This is the Thursday Night Podcast. Your source for news, analysis, and all things Georgia State sports. Because every day is Thursday. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Thursday Night Podcast. My name is Taylor and I'm joined by my normal cohorts of David, Brady, and Jordan. Today's episode is going to feature a little bit more of an in-depth analysis on our Friday night opponent in Houston of the first round of the NCAA tournament. Number three seeded Houston will be taking on your number 14 seeded Georgia State Panthers. We're just going to start off by taking a bit of a surface level analysis of who is this Houston team. Brady? Yeah, so I guess the the bottom line is there's a reason they're a three seed is they're they're really good at both sides of the game. Uh, I mean, they've got a plus 14 scoring differential as a team. Uh, that's good. That's really good. It seems like something you want. Uh, they don't really turn the ball over that much. Um, and they've got a real balanced look. They've got a couple of top guys. The, the number one guy to look out for is their leading scorer, Corey Davis Jr., who averages about 17 a game, but they've got six guys that are around between six and 13.6 points per game. So they spread it around. They're going to use a lot of guys on that note, specifically of using a lot of guys. So just by watching a couple of the, their games um, film wise in the last day or two, and then going through and kind of breaking down their team stats, um, I have identified um, obviously their, their three leading uh, scorers are their kind of trio of guards that we're going to see a lot. Um, so Corey Davis Jr., like we mentioned, Armani Brooks and uh, Galen Robinson Jr., all of which uh, play about or more uh, 30 minutes a game. Um, and a majority of their scoring comes from the first two. Corey Davis is averaging 16.7 a game and Armani Brooks uh, 13.6. Both guards can shoot the ball really well, uh, can get to the hole, really, um, really talented backcourt. A lot of their assists, um, kind of their uh, point, their traditional point guard, Galen Robinson is averaging almost five assists per game, which is a little bit ridiculous for a a collegiate guard. So he's going to be really dangerous. He's going to be someone to look out for um, handling the ball a lot. With regards to their big rotation um, in the American Conference Championship, they started um, forwards Breon Brady. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And Fabian White Jr. Um, But they have about four uh, big men in rotation that we're going to see a combination of throughout the game. Something that the commentators in the American Conference Championship mentioned is that Kelvin Sampson is going to utilize all of his big men in a way that they have 20 fouls between them. And oftentimes he'll rotate those guys in and out and see kind of what works and tinker with the uh, matchup mid-game. And then kind of one guy will uh, usually emerge and that'll be who they're going to ride towards the end of the game. So... With regards to their big rotation, it's a little bit murky as of right now. Um, I'd probably expect to see a lot of um, their center, Chris Harris. Uh, He's a big-time shot blocker and is going to be a defensive stalwart kind of in the middle um, that's going to be a challenge definitely for our Panthers to score um, inside. Um, But, I mean, all all around, this team is a very well-rounded, balanced team. Um, Kelvin Sampson is a two-time American Coach of the Year um, you know, he's built a very strong program. And like Brady said, there's a reason that they've won 31 games. I mean, it's it's not easy to do, especially in the American Conference. They're very competitive um, when it comes to men's basketball. So the Panthers certainly have their work cut out for them. But I don't think that this is a hopeless plight by any stretch of the imagination. 
Definitely. Um, I'll, I'll definitely say that this is, it's not hopeless. Um, one thing that I personally noticed about Houston is their size. You know, it's very interesting to me that, uh, so currently opponents are scoring at a 36% clip against them, 36, 37, you know, uh, but this isn't a huge Houston team, you know, so what that tells me is even though they're capable of they average four and a half blocks a game, which is really good. That's very similar to what the Panthers average, actually, um, you know, th- but size is definitely not something that they Houston necessarily prides itself on. Um, obviously, you know, six, eight, six, seven. That's not a those aren't small guys, I'm, you know, but that's very similar to how the Panthers play. You know, they it's not going to be a situation where Houston is going to be able to just out physical Georgia state underneath the basket. I don't think it'll be like that. Um, Cause I mean, you still have to deal with Malik and you still have to deal with uh, the other rotation of big forwards that Georgia state has Jordan Tyson, you know, Nelson Phillips is a little smaller, but he'll still come off the bench hopefully. Um, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see Houston decides to stick with their three point prowess. Um, they're pretty good out there. They shoot 35, 36% from out there. They make nine threes a game, which is very good, very competent three point shooting team, you know? Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they try to attack Georgia state from that regard. It's going to be a plus versus plus as far as Georgia state on offense, because Georgia state is a 38% as a team shooting the three, I mean, five, six guys shooting 40% or more is, I mean, that's astounding. And equally impressive is that Houston as a team defends the three at a 27.6% clip. So I think they're going to try and run us off the three point line as it were. And it's going to be about which one of those, you know, who wins that battle. I mean, if our good jump shooters are hitting shots, then it's going to help us. And if, they aren't and that the 27% three point defense is happening, then it's probably not going to happen for Georgia state. Something that I don't think also can be ignored is the fact that Tulsa is a much more convenient location to Houston by a factor of almost 400 miles. Uh, Tulsa is about 500 miles, give or take uh, from Houston, whereas it's about an 850 to uh, whereas it's about 850 give or take to Atlanta. Um, so the crowds will be a factor, um, you know, until if we can hang late and, you know, the non Houston and Georgia state fans can get into it. I feel like that'll play to our strengths a little bit more. Um, I will say 100% that happened in Jacksonville when we beat Baylor. Definitely. Uh, 1000%. All four of us were there. We can all attest that that crowd turned at a certain point. And especially when we kept forcing turnovers late, it just kept palpifying. And then, I mean, that shot, it just went crazy. It just went crazy. <laughs> I'm doing the arm wave right now. Georgia <laughs> <laughs> for three. Yeah, so I think it's going to be important for Georgia State to kind of maintain composure in the face of a semi-hostile crowd. And if they can play well down the stretch and stay it, keep it close by virtue of Georgia State being a 14 seed and having the pedigree of upsetting teams in very recent memory, I feel like the crowd can be a factor that plays to our strengths as well. If we kind of win over the crowd, stay close, competitive late, um, then, you know, the non Georgia state and Houston fans could flip and be a, a factor for us. That could be a, a positive. Um, but coach said as much when he, he went on ESPN and he said as much And uh, his point was basically, we need to be in the game with six, seven minutes to go just within a couple of scores. 
and at that point win it win the last six minutes so that's basically what we did last year against cincinnati we just you know didn't Couldn't win the last the six minutes oh my, this we don't have to get into that game too much but that was so frustrating because cincinnati went on that little run and it kind of got a little quiet and then georgia state they really started to bring it back again and then you know the bottom just fell out so but i mean come on how could you not love coach ron hunter like you know the crowd is definitely going to be slightly cheering for georgia state in this game if it's anywhere within like four five six points if with like five or six minutes because we we still have like two or three more public media appearances to go like i honestly don't know where we're gonna go with this one i mean last year it was the wendy's set of the stake you know it was the stool the first time uh we're unsure where the media pop is going to come from with Coach Hunter, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, let's get some prop bets off off air. <laughs> it's clearly going to be coming from the truck stop in Mississippi in which yeah. they watched. That's true. That's true. There's definitely a lot of that. It's already gotten a lot of traction on Twitter, especially. You know that guy is going to end up going to the game, right? I hope so. That would be fun. Well, I know he said he was going to send him like maybe a couple jerseys and some things. And somebody on Panther Talk mentioned that they sent him a flag. So who knows? Some random New truck Panther stop fan. in the middle of Mississippi is going to have a uh, Georgia State Panthers flag hanging up there. And people are going to be like, hey, what's that? Oh, and the bartender is going to be like, let me tell you a story. That'll be fun. I mean, jokes aside, Coach Hunter is a very personable guy. He's a very bombastic personality. And he's already well known on the national stage from the 2015 upset over Baylor. Um, I mean, you saw that last year, that he got a lot of green time both before and after our game, um, that he's like kind of like a nationally known personality in the collegiate basketball world. So Georgia State has some brand recognition with the casual fan that I feel like could work to our favor in a neutral set game like this. Definitely. Bringing it back to Georgia State, uh, you know, and how we're going to attack Houston, um, well, how we're going to defend Houston, I should say, you know, we should probably talk about the defense that we displayed during the Sunbelt tournament um, because I feel like it was kind of weird in a way, especially against Southern, because when you look at that game, you know, you don't expect Georgia state to come away from that game, having played good defense, given how many points they gave up, you know, but at the same time though, if you watch that game, they still played good defense. If you look at our stats defensively, as any team would looking at this is the opponent we're going to play, or just the casual fan researching what's going on in this matchup, our defensive numbers on the season are pretty pedestrian. But the season defense isn't who's been playing the last couple of weeks. I mean, this has really been the best defense this has been all year right now. And so in that way, I don't know that Houston is ready for our defense in the same way that we are going to have to answer the questions if we're ready for their defense. I mean, they uh, they give up 61 a game, which is very good. So obviously we have questions there, but just because our numbers are what they are, I would posit that that is not the defense they're going to face on Friday. Definitely. And it's Absolutely. also, it's a weird defense. I mean, unless you have shooters just hot from the start, you're going to probably start slow because you're not really going to know how to attack it. It's not just your run-of-the-mill 2-3 zone because we don't have the bodies to play man-to-man. It's a specific system, and we're going to try and take away your offense and make you uncomfortable and make you dribble around the top of the arc for the entire possession. 
And I think that's one thing that really plays into Georgia State's strengths going into this game is because it's very clear to me that Houston wants to take a lot of threes and they shoot threes. You know, what Georgia State's going to try to do is they're going to want to take away a lot of that perimeter shooting and it's going to force Houston to try to adjust and go inside. But that's not necessarily an easy game to play against Georgia State either. You know, Georgia State is very adept at getting blocks. They're very adept at that kind of help side double team and still being able to get out and cover that open shooter that you think is there on that strong side. And also they're a lot better at recovering from, you know, if you hesitate at all and don't take that wide open shot, Georgia state is absolutely going to contest that shot that you think is wide open. So it'll definitely be interesting to see just how much Houston leans on their bigs, you know? And again, as we said earlier, Houston doesn't necessarily have that much size, you know? So it, it could be a situation where they try to lean on their bigs, but they're not able to do that as well, or they're leading on their bigs and Georgia state is capable of hanging around the game because Houston isn't getting out to, you know, large scoring advantages and scoring runs against Georgia state. Yeah. I mean, I just was just, you know, gobsmacked by us running guys off the line as far as jump shooting goes in the last two games. I mean, it was just incredible. We were contesting everything. We were, Anytime they had an open shot and they didn't, if it wasn't immediately going up, a guy was going to be in the shooter's face. And it was just a marvel to watch. Two key guys on our defensive effort that I think are going to be huge in our matchup on Friday are Damon Wilson and Malik Ben-Levy, both of which are fantastic perimeter defenders that play up to what we mentioned before about how we're going to try and make their shooters uncomfortable, run them off the three-point line. Obviously, they're a really good three-point shooting team, so perimeter defense is going to be a big emphasis for us. Um, but I think those guys are going to be kind of – they have shown themselves to be a big part of our defensive identity this year. So I think our defense will go by way of those two guys, how they perform this Friday. Yeah, specifically, they kind of complement each other in that they can – Malik is going to end up on some bigs just because he's our five kind of by default. But the thing that is, is you can look at us and wonder about our size and if we're undersized and we are a little bit, but the thing that makes our bacon on the inside is help side, you know, double teams. If you get the ball into your center and Malik's on him, well, someone's going to come on the other side and double them or find some way to make him uncomfortable, play the passing lane back to the perimeter and, so the thing that Damon and Malik are going to be really important in is combining in that way and making the bigs make mistakes rather than just finish the lane, making them uncomfortable. Because if they can get it inside to their bigs and their bigs are able to handle the zone, then that's going to be a big problem for Georgia State. I'm wondering if a, a drop in defense or replacing, I mean, replacing Devin with Jeff too, you know, for example, allows Georgia State to truthfully attack that three-point shooting that we think that they are going to need. Um, so, I mean, just a thought experiment. We don't have to do lineups or anything like that because I, you're probably right. I think Coach is going to... I'll do lineups. Same one in the last two games. Yeah. <laughs> I, was I think Coach Do is not run... change a thing. Yeah, and I he's... can tell you that Coach isn't going to. I mean, he's going to run that five out. I mean, he he isn't... He's seen what's been working. He's not a crazy man. He just plays one on TV. I don't know, man. He did fall off a stool once. 
So lastly, Georgia State has one thing that is truthfully going to put them over the edge. and uh, Or not. Or specifically uh, not. Or very specifically not. Um, this guy, uh, Demarcus Simons. Have you guys heard of him by any chance? If you're asking me based on the last four games, maybe not. Um, what was the stat? I think it was 19 of 64 that Demarcus is over his last, what, four games? Um, that is a trend I would like to see corrected come Friday. Uh, Basically DeMarcus is going to be, yeah, Demarcus is going to be huge for us, uh, whether it be in a good way or bad way. He's the kind of player that if he's on and he's feeling it, getting in rhythm, hitting threes, driving inside, he's a dynamic offensive threat, and he's going to be someone that they are going to struggle hard. Um, look at the kid from Cincinnati that tore them up in the American Conference Finals. Um, Darren Cumberland. Yeah, Cumberland, Jared Cumberland tore us up last year in the in the first round of the NCAA tournament, and he tore up Houston's defense in that upset in the American Conference Finals. So I think if DeMarcus has a great game and kind of finds himself a little bit, um, then he's going to be able to put Georgia State in much better positioning to be able to compete and win in a situation like this. And specifically, it matters because he was the reason we were in the game last year. And I think that the rest of the team around is improved significantly from last year and learned from last year. But at the end of the day, when there's 10 seconds left and we have the ball in a tie game, DeMarcus is who's getting the ball. If he's not on it Friday, then we might not get that final shot. I mean, that's who's going to take the shot. That's who's at least going to be the decoy for the final shot. And if he's just been bricking all game and missing stuff in the lane, then it's not going to be a very good option. One thing that I love about DeMarcus during the past few games is he's still been incredibly active on defense. You know, he still plays the position that he's supposed to play in the zone. He's great as it relates to those recovery blocks and that help side double team that, you know, Georgia state loves to throw at teams. So I would love to see that DeMarcus travel as well as the Cincinnati DeMarcus that we saw last year travel. I think something that stuck with me the past day or two um, in hearing, uh, I think it was when Coach Hunter went on 92.9 with Dukes and Bell, and they were talking about how the mentality has changed from last year's team to this year's team. And Coach was speaking on how last year's team, there was a lot of guys on the team that this was their first NCAA appearance. You know, this is this is fun for them, and it was an experience he wanted to give to them. So he was a little bit, you know, more lax about the practice schedule and kind of letting guys enjoy the moment. Whereas this year, all of these guys have been here before, you know, they're, they know what it takes to get there. They've been there. They know what it was going to take to take them over that Hill. That was going to be to beat Cincinnati. And they're a lot more mature this year. Like we said, they've, they've all been here. Um, When it comes down to crunch time, these guys are going to have to step up and perform in a way that they haven't been asked to previously. Um, the mentality and- has been go win a tournament game. So it's tournament week, go win a tournament game. Exactly. And Coach Hunter has said that last year was last year. This year is this year. We're going to be able to go out and we're going to put ourselves in a position to win a tournament game. That was our goal going into this year. And that's but what they've been working towards basically the entire season. Um, you know, they're having less media availability. They're just focusing on what is important, what is going to get us into a great position to be able to go out and win a game in the tournament. No, now's the time. Put up or shut up, right? Exactly. It's not going to be know, easy, but it's it's never. 
that's the point it's the dance yeah it's never supposed to be easy you know that's how that works so yeah i'm excited uh full disclosure i will be in attendance in tulsa oklahoma and i'm very looking forward to it uh Win or lose, it's exciting. Uh, there's enough reason to be excited about this game as far as winning goes. We'll see. March is March. Definitely. We saw it last year with a couple of teams, but anything can happen at this time of year. So why not us, right? Let's see what happens on Friday. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this Houston preview edition of the Thursday Night Podcast. I do also want to take this opportunity to shout out the women's team for making a postseason tournament for the first time in 16 seasons. They'll be uh, playing in the first round of the WBI, the Women's Basketball Invitational, against the University of North Alabama this Thursday at 7 o'clock. We're going to have a little bit more of in-depth explanation on how to watch the game because it is a little bit, let's say, non-traditional. Um, but we should be able to watch on the WBI's website, so we'll have more information about where you can find all that and be able to watch them uh, come Thursday night. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Thursday Night Podcast. Thank you for listening. And for myself, David, Brady, and Jordan, hopefully the next time you hear from us, it'll be on the victorious side. uh, And we'll be able to break down our matchup against Iowa State or Ohio State. Wow, we're calling our shot, aren't we? He said hopefully. (laughs) He did. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one. Go Panthers.